For the last three Sundays, this being the fourth, we've been on the subject, the subject of weathering the storm, weathering the storm. We looked at the storm that was in the disciples' lives. We looked at the storm that was in the Apostle Paul's life, and we also looked at the storm that was in Jonah's life, the three storms. Today, we'll look at the storm of Job. And what we're doing, we're gleaning from these particular uh, subjects, and we're looking at these people that have gone through the storms of life. And all of us face storms. Brother Timmy Bass just went through a major storm, and he's sitting here today. God is bringing him through the storm. Brother Junius has been going through a storm, and for the first time in months, he was in that foyer greeting people. I don't know what your storm is today, whether it's sickness, whether it's a mental storm, whether it's a spiritual storm. Whatever your storm is, we glean from this. We learn. In fact, you ever get a book and like to go to the back and see how it ends before you finish it? Well, I, I, I hurry down to the last part of my outline on Roman numeral number five. And you can look at the lessons learned from the book of Job powerful lessons. We've learned lessons from all of these uh, texts and scriptures and, and these stories. And uh, so I want to learn from Job today. I love what Antoinette said. She does a wonderful job when she stands behind this pulpit. I love what she said that Jesus never asked a question that he did not know the answer. That That spoke to my spirit and I'm reminded in the book of Job alone, there are 300, 365 questions. And we all face this. We face this. Now, Job did not have a literal storm on the sea. But he speaks, he speaks of the storm in the 30th chapter. And I'm going to go back. Mark, one verse. I have the 15th verse there. But I want to go back one verse. It's Job, I'm sorry, 30, 14 through 22. They come as broad breakers under the ruinous storm. They roll along. Now, this is Job when people, when men, his so-called friends came and others came to judge him and to to say or to, to uh, look at why he was suffering. And he says this. He said, they come as broad breakers under the ruinous storm they roll along. Terrors are turned upon me. They pursue my honor as the wind, and my prosperity has passed like a cloud. And now my soul is poured out because of my plight. The days of affliction take hold of me. He goes on in verse 17. My bones are pierced in me at night, and my gnawing pains take no rest. Could you identify with that at times? I, I, just, I just read that, and I said, boy, boy, is that. My gnawing pains take no rest. My great force 
or by great force, my garment is disfigured. It binds me about as a collar of my coat. He has cast me into the mire. I have become like dust and ashes. Verse 20, I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. As I looked at this scripture, and I want to finish reading in just a moment, as I looked at this message, I, 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 I tried to think, what was the greatest of Job's storm? Most of us know could go along with the dialogues that went along between God and Satan and Job and the three that came to sit with him. You know, they came, after all of this happened to him, they came to him and sat down, and all four men sat there silent for seven days. Nobody opened their mouth. You see, back then, when you went to visit someone, you did not speak first. They spoke first, and then you would speak. And we find that there was this dialogue between uh, Satan and God and, and, and Job and the three, and then the young man that came also, Elihu, that talked to him. And, 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 and there, was, there was all of this talking. Satan comes to, with the sons of God, and he comes to God, and, and he presents himself. And God says to Satan, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah. In fact, the Bible says Job was a righteous man. In all of this, Job's character stands out. And Satan said to God, he said, if you'll lift your hand off of Job and let me touch what he has, he'll curse you to your face. God said, go ahead. And so he did. And you'll notice on the outline where I have the collapse of, the, of his economic empire. He loses his children, his health. His wife even shows her lack of spiritual insight and sympathy to certainly his condition. And then Job's narrow-minded friends blame him for his suffering. He's sitting outside the camp or outside the city in an ash heap eventually. And he's wondering. And I, I got... I got to thinking about this sermon and I, or about this uh, message, and I thought to myself, now listen, what was Job's major storm? In your life, when the doctor has come with bad news, when the bills can't be paid, when the children are acting up and they're not doing what you want them to do, and eventually they're wherever, when when all of these things start happening, what's our greatest storm? Where do we struggle the most? You know, I don't know where Job struggled the most. It could have been when his wife told him, why don't you curse God and die? Of course, we can't blame Miss Job too much, can we? Can you imagine a mother that loses everything? 
rich. They're rich. They don't have a, a need materialistically or financially. And all of a sudden, everything that they have, the stock market falls. Everything that they have is gone. And can you imagine at one time, 12 fresh new graves? So we can't blame Miss Job too much because she took all she could take. And she asked him or told him, why don't you curse God and die? I don't know where Job's largest or most severe or most trying storm was. But I've got a feeling, and I think maybe it might have been God's silence. When they're rolling you down the corridor of the hospital and you're going into the operating room and sometimes you've prayed and you've said, God. In fact, in fact, years ago, I had cancer years ago, like about 30-some years ago. And I, I called on God. I prayed. I took every Bible. I brought my Bible because I want to read from it today. This is, this is the first Bible I ever had. It's, a, it's, it's about 50 years old. I've had it for 40-plus years. The new Thompson Chain Reference. Now, most of you don't know about the Thompson Chain Reference. But I took every Bible I had. I had a date Bible and, of course, hand Bible, little small Bibles. And I took every Bible I had, went through all the Scriptures, maybe not all of them, but many of the Scriptures that spoke on healing, and I underlined them or circled that verse, and I claimed that verse. You see, back then I wouldn't take an aspirin. I was God's man of holy, God's man of faith and power, and God's man of faith and power didn't take aspirins. I've graduated from the aspirin. But I prayed and I said, God, I'm not going to have surgery. I am not going to have surgery. I'm not going to have surgery. And the cancer grew and it grew and it grew and it grew until finally I did have surgery because it seemed like God was silent. And you may be going through something and you've prayed about it and it just is not happening. And it seems like maybe the heavens are brass and, and it's just, it just not happening. I believe this because up until verse 37, God was silent. <laughs> I'm sorry, thank you. Chapter 37, up until chapter 37, God was silent. That whole book, they're talking. Everybody's talking. But as far as Job, Job knew nothing about the dialogue between Satan and God. He didn't know anything about that. And so God is silent. And he says here, and he says it several times, why don't you answer me? Where are you? Job was struggling. Job said, I cry out to you, verse 20. I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you regard me, but you have become cruel to me.
I think of people that's been in this church and those that have lost loved ones. We've had moms and dads to lose five-year-old sons to cancer. We've had many to lose moms and dads and grandparents. We had one family, the whole family, in fact, brothers and sisters and, 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 and in-laws and all came to this church. And their mother died. The mother got sick, and we all prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And that mother died, and so they all got angry at God, and they all left the church. I've got news for you folks. You're not going to get out of this world alive, and you are going to die. And if our relationship with God doesn't mean any more than that, then I'm not too sure. Don't get me wrong. Does it hurt? Sure. When yesterday, J.B. Ellis, J.B. Ellis, pastor at Evangelist Assembly, and his funeral was held at, held at Fellowship Baptist Church, well over 300 people there, lived to be 85 years old, and it was, it was really a time of celebration. Sure, it's hard. It's hard for mom and dad to lose a five-year-old son. I don't understand that. There's a lot of things we don't understand. I want you to look at the last line, or one of the last lines on your paper. And I know, I know, I know, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but look at this last line in Roman numeral number five. Look at number four. The book of Job may not let you get to know exactly why you're suffering as you are, but it will help you get to know the God who knows. I just love that. I, I, just, I just think it's, it's, it's vitally important that you and I as believers, that we get the right perspective on God. I'm not sure even today after serving him all of these years and preaching for all of these years, I'm not sure today that I know the right, I have the right respect, perspective on God at times. I'm going to read it again, verse 20. I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you regard me, but you have become cruel to me with the strength of your hand. You oppose me. You lift me up to the wind and cause me to ride on it. You spoil my success. Job was struggling. He was hurting. Oh, the gnawing of the pain and the hurt. And it does happen when we lose our loved ones. And we do stagger sometimes. And we do maybe question God. And God's not upset about that one bit in the world. God's love and God's grace can, can withstand any scrutiny that we might throw at Him. But Job, Job was struggling. Twice Satan comes to Job. He comes the first time and, and of course, he attacks Job with his material things, his family. The second time he says, listen. God asked him again. He says, well, let me tell you. You take your hand off of his flesh. You let me get to his flesh. Then you will find out he simply serves you because of what you do for him. 
I want to ask you something. Is that the reason we come to church? Is that the reason we serve God? Is that the reason we preach, sing, read, witness? Is that the reason? No. But Satan, he made, Satan made a big mistake here. <laughs> and he, he would have, God said, go ahead. So he's sitting outside the, the city in an in a ash heap. It's raining. It's filthy. Sores all over his body. He takes a scrape. And he's sitting there. His three so-called friends are sitting there. And they're all sitting there for seven days. And then they start falsely accusing him. Joe. Nobody suffers like you're suffering if they haven't done something wrong. Job said, I've not done anything wrong. I don't understand it, but I haven't done anything wrong. You're talking about a storm. You're talking about a trial. And many of you, all of us probably, could look at different people in our lives. When it comes to alcohol and drugs when it comes to sin, when it comes to sickness. And we can see probably other people worse off than we are. We're truly blessed. Job's three friends seek to answer the question, why does Job suffer? I call these fair weather friends. you have any of them? <laughs> the three friends have been wrong. Suffering is not the proof of wickedness. Then there comes a young man, Elihu. He appeals to Job to have faith in God and to exercise humility. And the why often becomes elusive. Why? Why becomes elusive. I like number three, Roman numeral numeral number three, because... It gives the reason, or the source rather, of our suffering. And I want to briefly go through this. We live in a fallen world. Why, do, why is there sickness? Listen, why is there sickness? Why does this come? Because we live in a fallen world. The world is exposed. Listen to this. The world is exposed to tragedy, and the world is exposed to evil. Sometimes it's Satan. It's the influence of the devil as we see here, the storm that the disciples were going through. Jesus had to rebuke. Number three, sometimes we suffer because of what we do. And we, I list further down, God has laws. We're not going to break those laws without paying the penalty. Amen? And we abuse our bodies and we live like we want to, and we expect God to come along. Now, don't get angry. <laughs> and just, boop. And then we can turn right around and do it again and again. We're not going to do it. I love the, 30, the 70, uh, 73rd chapter of the book of, of Psalms. It, 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 it is a great, and also, Chapter 37, 73, 37, 73, 37. 73 is a great chapter 
Now, I'm not going off on some rabbit trail with this saying this because it ties right in with Job. The psalmist said, my foot had almost slipped. In other words, the psalmist was struggling with the very same thing that Job was struggling with and that many of us struggle with. And this powerful 73rd chapter, is he goes on to say, I, I don't know why the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer. You ever thought about that one? Boy, they live like the devil. They never go to church. They're out on the golf course every Sunday morning, and they're doing this, and they're doing that, and they're doing the other. I don't ever see them sick, and we know that's just simply not true. But in his mind, that's the way he felt. He felt like the wicked never got sick, and he struggled with that, and he looked at the righteous, and he looked at himself. In fact, in this chapter, he said, you know what? I've lived the life of purity in vain. That's how low he got. Well, I've just been going to church in vain. I've just been serving God in vain. I could have gone out here and, you know, done it, whatever. He, he didn't understand. You have to, listen, I would encourage you this week sometime, and I don't have time to read it. But I would encourage you to read the 73rd chapter of the book of Psalms. It is, it is one eye-opener. He goes through this whole, it's pretty lengthy. You go through this whole, he goes through this whole chapter and right at the end, until. Now, it's after the until that is so powerful. He said, I did not understand all of this. I struggled with trying to comprehend it. I didn't know how God was dealing with all of this until I went to the sanctuary. Going to church don't save you. Going to church don't make you a believer. But I'm going to tell you something. Going to church is one of the most important things that you will ever do in your life. There is nothing like joining with a body of believers and having the strength to be able for God to touch your life, God to minister to you. You say, well, I can sit under an oak tree and read the Bible and have my own church and God will be, yeah, yeah. And that's what some people, that's what thousands and millions of people do. And they have this little thing. You don't have to go to church to serve God or to be a Christian. I know. But you see, the local church is the established place that God ordained for you and I to grow, mature, be strong, healthy spiritually, emotionally. And there have been study after study on church attendance and those that attend church and those that don't don't attend church, there's a whole different lifestyle and hope their their health is much better and goes on and on and on when i had surgery on my heart it's you just don't want to mess with your heart <laughs> right tim just don't mess with the heart you know 
you can, you can bandage my leg and you can fix, but you, you don't want to mess with the heart. And so when I had surgery on the heart, I, 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 I came through it fine. Well, I bottomed out, but I came through it. And I struggled because my heart would not function properly. It would, it would, what I would call palpitate. It would, it would, it would have extra beats and all of those things. A year and a half, maybe two years ago, I was sitting here on the front row, and we were worshiping God, and uh, all of a sudden, Carol reached over and took me by the hand, and she began to pray. I want you to know that from that day to this, now I was not miraculously healed, but I was healed. From that day to this, I was healed. God healed me. I, there were times I would spend a week each night sitting up. I couldn't lie down. Since that time, I've not sit up one night. God healed me. Now, there were things I had to do. I had to quit drinking caffeine. I had to uh, try to quit worrying and be stressed out. And water. I had to drink a lot of water. I had to drink a lot of water. We buy water by the case. I said that to say this, folks. Listen, in, in a church environment... Brother Junius years ago was, was suffering with his back, and he'd sit on that front row. And let me tell you, God healed him because he would come to the church, and he would sit on that front row, and he would sit there with tears in his eyes. And eventually God said, well, he's just going to do it anyway. I might as well heal him. And boom, he's healed. You know what my wife's been through in the last several months since February. Let me tell you one of the most healing factors when it comes to cancer and when it comes to a terminal illness is to be around God's people. And is that song that Dean and I sung earlier, oh, how sweet the feeling when in your presence kneeling. And my wife has been so blessed through the treatments and everything she's gone. You know why? Because many of you have touched her, have hugged her, have loved her. I'm just simply saying, the psalmist in 73 said, I did not understand that until I went to the house of the Lord. And the one thing the devil tries with God's people that are even maybe regular attenders in the house of the Lord, when they go through trials, when they go through tests, when they are discouraged, they will stop going to church. That is the worst thing you could do, or one of the worst things you could do. Because there's something about 
First of all, being obedient to God. Something about being in the presence of God. Yes, I feel God's presence in the automobile. But there's something about people loving me, smiling, caring, praying, hugging me, touching me. There's healing in the touch. Let me tell you, that preacher you're watching on television think maybe, oh, you reach out and try to touch him. Ask him to visit you when you get in the hospital. Ask him to, to marry your young and bury your old. And a lot of people are sitting watching television, watching this preacher on television and said, that's oh hallelujah, that's right. Well, there's several reasons they like to do that. They don't have to give him any money. They don't feel the pressure. Antoinette don't have to get up before him and say, listen, here's a challenge to give, and it will bless you. Is this okay? We, we, we need to know this. We need to know as Job struggled. I'm, I'm closing with this because I'm, I'm finishing up. Did you know where God spoke from? In the very storm Job was going through, God spoke out of that storm. Because he spoke out of the whirlwind. And when he spoke, I don't have time to read it all, but 38, about 38, 39 years ago, I went in my little Thompson Chain Reference Bible and I marked this, some of these, and, I, and, I, and it's the King James. And there are many, many questions that God asked Job. And here's some of them. Where were, I'm going to read it, the King James. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail? Do you know that every snowflake is different than the other one? Amazing. Hath the rain a father? Or who hath begotten the drops of dew? Out of whose womb? came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven. Who hath gendered, uh, uh, gendered it? Knowest thou the ordinance of heaven? Canst thou set dominion thereof in the earth? Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds that abundance of waters may cover thee? Canst thou send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, here we are. Knowest thou the time when the wild goats of the rock bring forth? Or canst thou mark when the hinds do calve? Gavest thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks? Or wings and feathers unto the ostrich? Doth 
the hawk fly by thy wisdom and stretch her wings toward the south? Doth the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high? Hast thou an arm like God? Or canest thou thunder with a voice like him? Can you tell the ocean to come thus far and no further? By the time God finished with Job, Job was just amazing. In fact, in fact, I want you to listen to what Job said. When, when God began, and then I, just, I just read just a few of the questions. I want you to notice, if you will, chapter 40, beginning with verse 4. Job said in verse 4, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I'll lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I, I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will not proceed. And then in forty-two one, then Job answered the Lord and said, "I know that thou, I know that you can do any everything, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you." Verse three of chapter forty-two of Job. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer. Verse 5, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I abhorred myself and repent in dust and ashes. Job stopped asking why, and he looked at God himself. There is something about going through the storm that you and I can, can, can just begin to trust God. I don't understand it. I don't know why. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not going to spend my time asking you questions, blaming you or blaming someone else. I'm not going to blame myself if we know that we've not been disobedient to the Lord. And here's some lessons as I close. Judy, if you will come. Character is more important in God's eyes than the discomfort and pain we experience in life. Ah, Job's calamities had absolutely no connection with his character. And while God may allow us to be tested, he sets strict limits on the test. Job was blessed. Did you know that this man that was rich had a wonderful family when God finished with him? He had twice as much as he had before. But he had learned a valuable lesson. In your storm today, would you allow the Lord to teach you? 
And when you struggle and you're angry and you blame God and you question God and, and you're hurt and that, that feeling is gnawing at you and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've been in that intensive care unit time and time again and you said, God, why? When you turn your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ, the one thing that's, and there, and there were many, a companion, a church that prays for you, loves you, sticks by you, God's love, but that's the thing that sustained me was God's grace. I tapped into that one thing. Not that I had pastored all of these years and that, you know, all the things that I, I could take and lay at the feet of Jesus. But the one thing I knew, God loved me. And I knew I loved God. Can I sing that little song, Judy? I, 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 I sung it years ago. In fact, I made the first recording I ever had, which was long enough to, it's been a long time, though God slay me. Job said, God, listen at me, if, if you kill me, I'm going to trust you. And whether it's the disciples in the storm, whether it's the apostle Paul in the storm, or Jonah, or Job, or even, and we'll get to it, hopefully, Noah. I don't know who's been tried the most in this church. But if you ever want to know about a trial, you ask these two people sitting on the second row out here. Can I mention some things? Is it okay? When death knocks at your son's door, The grandson's door. How many? What's it? Huh? And another grand and another son. Young. Nice looking sons. Very young. Both sons. Death came knocking. And then I know one grandson. I have never seen, and they've been coming for many years. I've never seen Bobby and Kay Williams that I thought ever one time blamed God. Did they have questions? Probably thousands. Did they struggle? No doubt. I can feel. The hand of Satan as a tender press me soul. He has been before 
the Father. Ask and leave to tempt me more. Though God slay me, I will trust Him. I shall then, this is what Job said, come forth as gold. For I know that He is living. For I feel Him in my soul. Stand with me, people. Father, we love you today for the lessons, the, the, the speaking to our hearts. God, I thank you for your word, for men and women that's recorded in your word that they can teach us, dear God, how to trust you. And Father, that's what it's all about, is, is learning to trust you no matter. And God, even look, face the storm. And not only, Lord, be true and faithful and trustworthy, but God rejoice. Rejoice when things happen to us. Lord, the only way that we can do that is through your Holy Spirit. The only way that we can do that is through the comfort of your love and the sustaining power of your grace and mercy. God, you know where we are. You know every home. The thing about us, God, you know our address. And you know when we lay our heads on our pillows and the lights are out and nobody else knows anything about us, how that pain can gnaw in us. God, touch every home, every family. And then God, help us to look back when we come through those storms and sort of lift our hand up and rejoice because of what you've done and because of the grace and because of the victory that you've given. God, I thank you for that. I believe it in Christ's name. Amen.